So let's go ahead and settle into whatever position of comfort <laughs> seems to be appropriate there today. <laughs> there are many manifestations. There, there are so many manifestations. <laughs> Horizontal is just fine, just as long as you can feel your spine nice and long yeah. and your heart open. <laughs> and you can breathe deeply into your body. Just take a moment to connect with your breath, to connect with whatever base of support you're on. Or feel your or off. <laughs> Feeling your connection to the earth so that you feel really grounded. And let's open our space this morning with the sound of three ohms beginning with a deep inhale. They throw powders, they light big bonfires. Yeah, there's big celebrations over on the east side today at the Mundir, yeah. So lots of lots of food, lots of partying and festivities. And it was really appropriate the way we, we began this morning with a little bit of lightheartedness and laughter because that's what Holly's all about. It's about really bringing that Leela, that divine essence of play into the spiritual practices. And not being all serious. No, we, got, we got all serious with Donna Mama. <laughs> <laughs> we need a little, little Little levity, a little lightening it up. So let's, uh, we're just going to start off with this first chant. And I apologize, my, uh, my diacritics didn't kick in this time, except for in a couple of, uh, a couple of words. So the, the punctuation marks aren't there. There should be dots underneath the R, the S, and the A in Krishna. So that you know that the R is actually the semi-vowel R, Krishna. And it's uh, kind of where you curl up the sides of your tongue in the back. Krishna. Yeah. And then you bring your tongue to the roof of your mouth for the S. Yeah. And it stays at the roof of your mouth for the end. Na. Krishna. 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 Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. So can you say, hey, Krishna? Hey, Krishna. Hey, Krishna. It's exactly, what it, it's exactly how it sounds. It's like, hey, Krishna. Yeah. Hey, Krishna. <laughs> That's exactly how it sounds. Govinda. Govinda. 
Okay, so go is a cow, right? And Vinda is a finder, so the finder of the cows. He was a cowherd. Vinda. Yeah. Hare Murare. Hare Murare. So Hare is, uh, it's kind of the expletive of Krishna, and it's the sustaining energy. Murari is the uh, the destroyer of Mura, who is a demon. You know, they all destroy some demon. And uh, and then Hinara Narayana. And that N is again at the roof of your mouth. And Nara is, uh, is the human, Narayana is the de- is the is the deity, so this is the twin form of the human and the divine, right? Because we are reflections of divinity. Right? So this is just the reminder that um, in in that form or that form informs our form as well. So the form of the divine informs our form as well. And then Vasudeva. Yeah. And it should actually be a long A, Vasudeva. And Vasudeva is, uh, so Vasudeva, with the short A, is Krishna's father. Vasudeva is the son of Vasudeva. So he's the son of Vasudeva. Yeah. So it's a very simple chant, and we'll do it call and response, and then we'll learn the story of Holy after that. Start off singing right away, jump right into it. It's kind of a nice little um, mellow chant. And the next one will kind of get a little more, more happy with it. <laughs> so call and response, sitting up nice and tall. Deva 
Vishnu and Shiva. Brahma is the creative principle. Vishnu is the sustaining principle. And Shiva is that transformative aspect, sometimes also known as the, as the destructive principle. And we need all three because in this, uh, in this level of reality uh, that we know, we have, we have constant change and flux, right? So all three need to exist. And so they preside over those energies. And um, Krishna is an avatar or an incarnation of Vishnu. And as most avatars come to be, they come into embodiment in order to slay some great demon. And Krishna had that task set before him. Uh, his uncle was a very bad man. And... Um, <clears throat> so Krishna came into being, and he was the eighth son of his his mother, um, uh, Yashoda. And uh, it was foretold that the eighth son of Yashoda would would be the the downfall of I can't remember his uncle's name, his uncle's of his uncle. And uh, so he had Yashoda and his father uh, um, Vasudeva uh, imprisoned. And Krishna was switched out in the prison as soon as he was born with, an, with a girl child okay. and uh, taken and put into a foster home of the girl child's parents, who was uh, uh, Nanda and, um, and, oh, I'm sorry, no, Devaki was his real mother. Yashoda was his stepmother. Yeah. So Devaki, the real mother. And so Nanda and Yashoda were his step-parents. And he grew up. Huh? It's the same Krishna from the Bhagavad Gita. He's a cousin of the Pandavas and the Kauravas, of the uh, the two the two warring factions. So he's one of their cousins, and uh, and Krishna, the name Krishna, means black, and 
Krishna is said to be that irresistible black hole at the center of the universe that we eventually all get drawn into. <laughs> because he's just that magnetic force of love, of absolute love that devours everything eventually. Absolute love that eats everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it eats us all, yeah. It eats us all. It's, it's all powerful, absolutely. And he is also known to be quite uh, quite the, the party boy, you know. He plays his flute, and he loves to dance, and, and he loves to, uh, to flirt with the gopis, the cowgirls, right? And, uh, and is very mischievous, is a prankster. As a child, he was known as the butter thief. Because as soon as the women churn their butter, yeah, as soon as they churn their butter, they'd, they'd set it out, and, uh, and he'd go and he'd steal the butter because he loved to eat the butter from the cows, the fresh butter from the cows. And uh, there's also a, a really sweet story of all the cowgirls going and bathing in the river and draping their saris, washing their saris out and draping them over the tree limbs to dry while they swam and played. And what does Krishna do? But he comes along and steals all their clothes. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay when he does it. It's okay when he does it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and it's also said that the love of Krishna is so, so uh, expansive that Krishna can love each and every person as if they were the only person in the world. He's just, he just has that ability to have that deep personal connection, intimate connection with each and every one of us in a way that no one else can. So um, there is a story about Holi, um, because Krishna is a, a, an incarnation of Narayana, um, which is another word for Vishnu. Um, so the story of Holi, of this this day-to-day, -day, the reason they celebrate, is um, there was this, once again, an evil demon, and his name was Hiranya Kashyap. And uh, he gained control, rulership, over the whole earth, the entire earth. And he set forth an edict that no one but him was to be worshipped. He was the only one that anyone could worship. Now, everyone obeyed this command, except one person, his own son, Prahlad. Prahlad was a great devotee of Narayana and refused to stop worshipping his beloved. So uh, Hiranya Kashyap had two children. The other was a, a girl child, a little a daughter named Holika. And Holika had received a boon from one god or another that said that she could not be burned in any fire. Right. So Hiranya Kashyap came up with this demonic plan to uh, get rid of his son because his son was, you know, being 
insubordinate and that couldn't be tolerated. <coughs> so uh, he got his daughter in on it and said, why don't you talk him into sitting in your lap? And talk Prahlad into sitting in your lap. And then as soon as you have him, go ahead and go into the fire because you can't be burned anyway. So she pats her lap, you know, and gets her, her brother to come sit. And then she grabs him, right? And there's this big bonfire that had been lit. And she starts walking toward the fire. And he begins to just chant the name of Narayana, Narayana, Narayana. Right? And he's just chanting with all his heart and in complete devotion, complete trust. And she walks into the fire, and what happens? Of course, Prahlad, unharmed, completely, not a single hair on his head singed. And she burns to ashes. Little did she know that there was a condition to her boon. She had to be alone when she went into a fire in her <laughs> She didn't know that part. <laughs> so, so she ends up being burned to cinders, and because of his great devotion, Prahlad is spared. And I guess the moral to that story, there's a, f a couple. Um, for one thing, focus and devotion on whatever your, the source of your heart's comfort is, whatever you are devoted to, your, your, your God of gods, will help to carry you through the fires, the, the trials and tribu tribulations of life because fire represents that changeable, dynamic, active energy that is life, right? And so we can walk straight into whatever fire we're facing. And as long as we're doing so with utmost reverence and devotion to source, we generally emerged fairly unscathed, right? perhaps even better for the experience. And, uh, and then on the flip side, <laughs> don't, get too, uh, don't get too haughty about whatever powers you think you may have gained in your practices, in your, in your, uh, in your movement through life. Because quite often, there is something that will happen that will humble you. Just like uh, Holika uh, found out the hard way. And uh, so they celebrate this, this event with this day, Holi. And they, they also um, revere Krishna on this day because he represents that lighthearted aspect of play that allows, allows the people to be just a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unsanctimonious, I guess. <laughs> because what happens on this day is people run around in the streets, and generally people in India are very proper, mm. right? And it's, uh, it's, it's a, there's a lot of custom and tradition that's adhered to. 
But on a day like today, a lot of that's thrown out the window. Mardi Gras. And yeah, it's like Mardi Gras, exactly. And people run around in the streets and there's big parades and they're throwing colored powder and colored water at one another. There's big bonfires and they're throwing cow dung into the, in the bonfires and shouting out curse words and expletives because basically the bonfire represents Holika, you know, that, that uh, demon's daughter. And so that's they're they're kind of shouting holy high, holy high as they throw this this uh, the cow dung and and shouting out curse words <laughs> in order to curse her. And normally that wouldn't really be an acceptable form of behavior over there. <laughs> so Krishna is the one who just steps a little bit outside of the norm, right? So he's kind of very compatible with this holiday. <laughs> So that's a little bit of the story behind the holiday today. And on the east side, uh, at the Mandir over there, uh, east side of Seattle, um, I think it's it up in, where is that? Uh, the north end of Bellevue up there. They have a couple, they have a Christian, I mean, a, yeah, a, a, a Vaishnavite temple up there, and they do a lot of the the holidays there. They might even be doing something <coughs> about you itself. But you can go over there and get all colored up. So um, we're going to sing the um, the Maha Mantra today. Yeah, so the Great Mantra, which is the mantra to not only Krishna, but Rama as well. Rama was also an incarnation of Vishnu who came uh, in the yuga before Krishna was said to, when Krishna finally died, it brought in Kali Yuga, which is the yuga we're in now, the age we're in now. And Rama was uh, in the yuga before um, Krishna's. I think Krishna was in Treta and Rama was in Dvaraka Yuga, I believe. could be wrong, but I think that's, I think that's, I think that's the way it went. Anyway, so we're going to, um, can you say Hare Krishna? Hari Krishna. Krishna. Hari Krishna. Hari Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hari Hari. Krishna Krishna. Hari Hari. Hari Rama. 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 Hari
Om Sri Krishna Ki Jai. So Ki is like hip hip. Jay is like all right. Om Sri Krishna Krishna Ki Jai. Reminds me of the good old days at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> With the tambourines and the orange rose. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so ISKCON is uh, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. I think it's probably our well, our most most well-known kind of connection here in the West to, to Krishna. That's where we, a lot of us first get introduced to that, that whole concept. And it was really funny because... <laughs> my mother was all that, you know, that's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> and so for most of my life, I thought that, you know, that they were like, kind of like the Moonies. You know, I don't know they if were kind of like the Moonies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember who the Moonies were, but yeah. 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 So right. I equated the two. And actually, it's two quite different organizations. Well, there really. were some, some ashrams that uh, were not nice. One at Berkeley, yeah. got out of yeah, some of it got a little out of control, I'm sure. But, I mean, that, that can happen yeah. anytime we bring something that's that culturally different. That, that's you know? that powerful. And that powerful, yes. There a lot of people. And that's, again, that's that's that demonic kind of aspect. We, we use the word demon. But it's really, I mean, these, these demons that we hear about in these stories are really just... They're just different aspects of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, this is what the love of Krishna conquers. And I think for the most part, that aspect of ISKCON is not really as prevalent anymore. I don't know. They used to pass around those little books. Yeah. And I, I began reading that book about their teacher and everything. Probably and then I equated all that. And I was getting into city yoga, and so I... I what I read read in that book that I didn't like though was he believes in the caste system, mm. and he believes in a very traditional male female kind of dichotomy. Yeah. And no way. Yeah, I mean, and that's where tantra diverges a little bit. Yeah, <coughs> or quite a bit actually. Quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. So, so, so I yeah. that you know that yeah. was not the path. Yeah, and and we all have our different paths. That's right. They're very much more traditional. Yeah, and you would I think you find that the Vaishnavite, um, the Vaishnavite section of Hinduism tends to adhere more to the more Vedic traditional kind of yeah behavior. That's why control. Yeah, it can. And, and a patriarchy. Yep, holding down that aspect. That's my litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> and and now that's really being, I think, in a lot of ways, being tested because, you know, the divine feminine is definitely coming back in. But so. I'm still not voting for Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bernie, go <laughs> Right. So, without getting too deep into politics, we've got there too. Oh, have you already gone there? 
Well, it's it's, it's very it's, it's 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 really it's present right now. It's it's what's really present right now. So how do we even approach this with a bit of levity, a little bit of lightheartedness, you know, and bring that 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 aspect of love into it. Which is joy. Which is actually what Krishna teaches. And I mean, even if you're looking at the Christian aspect of it, you know, what the way that that those teachings have been distorted, distorted and, and and used for for the purposes of gaining power for the few, you know? It's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. So People if we go back to the core teachings, that's what's important. Is to go back into the core teachings and really connect from our own personal heart space rather than relying on you know the edicts and the the doctrine and the dogma that you no know, offense on me is yeah yeah no offense no offense to the dogma sitting here but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah so so rather than be, letting that be force-fed down our throats, really just finding that personal connection, which is actually what both Jesus and Krishna, that's what they're asking for, you know, like connect with, connect with this teaching on a personal level. What does it mean for you personally? And that's the important thing. And that's why we have holidays like today, too, is just to bring a little bit more lightness into it, not take it all too seriously, right? Because I've heard that the best way to amuse God is to take life seriously. It's all a play of consciousness. Yeah. Because everything that can possibly be is gonna be. That's just that's just the way it manifests, right? It's gonna manifest in every way possible. And that includes the most beautiful and the most horrific. Well, you know, you got Ganesh, you can be real serious. Ganesh, you can be real serious. Right. He's still Ganesh, he says, there's all these qualities. Mm -hmm. I got a question. Yeah. So if we're talking about consciousness manifesting, like, I've been stumbling over, like, the, the end, like, we're talking about Shiva and now Kishio and Ganesh. Uh -huh. Like, what evidence are, is there for these Well, so the way that I understand it, the way that I've come to understand it, is that it's all the same thing. It's all consciousness. It's all one energy of source. Um, these deities aren't from a polytheistic uh, tradition. It's not polytheistic. So they're not many different separate gods. What they are is different faces of one energy. So it's a pluralistic uh, tradition. Monotheism. It's, it's not monotheistic, it's pluralistic. Okay. So it's putting many different faces and facets on one gem that is source, right? And then how the light of source radiates out from different facets is going to take a different color, frequency, a different form, right? And these forms are all just representations that we attribute that we can relate to, right? Right, and that's and that's your way of relating and getting pulled in, in to connection with source. 
right? Maybe Lakshmi, maybe that, that, that energy of beauty and abundance is something that you can connect to better. Maybe Durga with her protective mother-like fierceness, you know, and, and, and her, her asking you to simply trust. Maybe that's something you can connect to or resonate with. Maybe Ganesha, who is, you know, both the placer and the remover of obstacles, and who has the ability to be fully present, you know, and to be expansive in his enjoyment of life. Maybe that's the way that you want to connect. Maybe you get to have, like, these direct avenues of, like, with, like, the obstacle thing, you can kind of narrow your... Your, your search down on things or, or your relation or something. Right, maybe. yeah. Instead of having this, this big picture, you can kind of take the, the side street a little bit. Right, exactly. It's not so it's overwhelming, not so overwhelming. To, to, yeah. to try to, to have some devotion. Right. To God. And then, you know, yeah. wow, that's a big word. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really narrowing things down. It's like, what does that even mean, you know? Ooh. Right. Well, yeah. every, and so many traditions do it differently. Zen yeah. doesn't talk about any. Right. There's, and, yeah. and Judaism. Yeah. Yeah. The unnameable. Yeah, and then there's Hindu, which is Baroque. We're talking about so much embellishment, so yeah. many um, incredibly complex stories. And yeah. Artistic traditions and deities. And, and then when you get. Stories within stories. And, and then when you get down to it, all the stories have like pretty much kind of a common theme. And very common elements, you know, and then you start getting into the seeds of the stories, and oh, wait a minute, it's it's all the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> here, here we go again. Right, the dance. Yeah, it's the dance, and and then it just opens up. It extrapolates out into like all these different. It's like a holograph, right? In one piece, you can see the whole. Thing, everything contained. Everything contains the whole. Right. So no matter where you go in, it's like a fractal. No matter where you go in, you're gonna find the whole thing. But you gotta go in through a name. You gotta go in through the place that through the through the portal that is direct suited to you, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to get. Yeah, you go you go you go through the portal that's suited to you, and that way it's your own personal connection and you find we find our way um, I think in a, in, a, in a very much more um, for me anyway it's, it's more sustaining, more nurturing for me in the, in the chant it's the name you and just keep reading the same name over and over again over and over and again. the name itself has something that resonates we can't help it, it just resonates the more yeah. we do it, the more it resonates yeah. like the more we do it, the more it fills us up that's, right. just, that's just going to happen Repetition of that yeah, and then even in rep repeating the name, as you're sitting with it, as you're repeating it, as you're vibrating with it, more awareness, more realization, just suddenly begins to unfold within within me. I know when I do my my tantric, uh, my uh, <coughs> when I was um, doing my tarpanas, my water practices, and I was chanting, you know, these long mantras. 108 times um, every morning for 40 days I didn't really know the meanings of the names I was chanting however they began to be revealed to me simply through the energies that I was experiencing as I chanted so <clears throat> this is what happens we, we, we become edified just through the experience through the vibration that's, our, that's how we we 
achieve revelation, if you if you will, I guess. Yeah. Do some names take us more deeply than other names? <clears throat> some will, because some resonate more, just more with our being. It just resonates with us. We can only go so far. Yeah. Individually, we can yeah. go. Yeah, Krishna. I mean, I love everything Krishna stands for, everything Vishnu stands for, you know. Um, Lakshmi I really resonate with. Um, however, the names of Krishna and Vishnu aren't personally the ones that really, you know, are mine to resonate with, you know. Um, Rajashamala is my, is my Ishtadeva, you know, Rajashamala. And that's, that's simply because her, all of her attributes are ones that I really resonate with. Yeah. Okay. So, we're there. <laughs> All right. Um, so, we're going to sing Lokaha Samasta Sukino Bhavantu. 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 Uh, and that weird symbol after the A on Loka should be an H with a dot underneath. I don't know. <laughs> My computer has a mind of its own, obviously. All right. So let's sit up nice and tall. Let's take a moment. This uh, chant simply means may all beings know the source of happiness. Sitting up nice and tall. And we'll do one round call and response. So just thinking of anybody out there who can benefit by the energy of source send the energy of your own practice out to you because it's only when it's shared that it's truly effective and shared from an open whole heart
great reason why we're here in separate forms is to be able to recognize and witness one another in our inner unfoldment, in our light and inner shadow. In this divine play, this Leela that we call life. Gina Salahu, I learned these these two chants from, and also to all of you who are also my teachers. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.